Welcome back to another episode of Miyazaki and Me. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. And we are about halfway done with our Miyazaki and Me uh, Studio Ghibli watch through. And we decided we were once again going to rank our favorite films. Uh, favorite and what we thought were the best films thus far of Studio Ghibli and of Hayao Miyazaki. That's right. Uh, this time we are going to rank only the ones we've watched so far on the podcast, not including the ones we've seen ourselves before the podcast started. So so we're limiting it to the 11 movies we have seen together. Yes. Yeah. So our, our initial rankings, you can go back and listen to uh, episode one um, of this. Uh, or was it episode we'll wait. two? No, it it was episode one. We'll wait. It was episode we'll, one. We'll, We'll pause now, and you guys can listen. Uh, do, do, do. Okay, you've listened to it. Yeah. Yep. So that was our rankings. Um, and well, well, I, I was. Gonna... Yeah, I was just about to go over our rankings. Um, <laughs> initially, of uh, so so I'd only seen, uh, really seen five films, uh, from Studio Ghibli. Uh, so my number five was Nausicaa. Uh, my number four was my was Spirited Away. Uh, number three, My Neighbor Totoro. Number two, Princess Mononoke. And number one was Grave of the Fireflies. Because uh, in that list, much like today, I'm ranking on what I thought was the best film overall. Uh, not always, you know, my enjoyment will, you know, play a factor, obviously. But I thought, like, technically, story-wise, everything, as a full movie, what I thought was the best. Yeah, and my rankings, uh, once again, I, I had eight movies that I had seen beforehand. I, I should say, I should give the caveat, eight movies that I had seen and remembered well enough to actually rank, because I've seen actually more of these than, than I ranked themselves. But uh, I had seen eight movies beforehand that I ranked, and mine before and now are going to be not by what is actually like the best, like this is the best film that was made. It's going to be what gave me the best enjoyment. Uh, and so my initial ranking was number eight, Totoro. Uh, number seven, Tales from Earthsea. Number six, Graves of the Firefly. Number five, Only Yesterday. Number four, Ponyo. Number three, Princess Mononoke. Number two, Spirited Away. And number one, Howl's Moving Castle. Yep. So so we will just be ranking on the movies that we have seen thus far. So basically everything from Castle of Cagliostro all the way to Whisper of the Heart that we just covered in the last episode. And the interesting thing about it is that I believe we had both only seen three movies from this group, right? It was Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, we had both seen Grave of the Fireflies. We had both seen Totoro. And then you had seen... I, I had uh, seen Nausicaa, and you had seen uh, Only Yesterday. Correct. So it's it's interesting to see if those still sit uh, above each other in our rankings. Like, yes. <laughs> uh, to, to our own rankings, I suppose, would be the best way to put it. Yeah, so yeah. that'll be fun. So what's your number 11? Uh, my number 11, uh, and uh, we, we did, this is the only one we talked about before we were rolling, and we were like, our number 11s are the same, right? And it's like, yeah, our number 11s are the same. And that is uh, Lupin the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro. 
Yeah, the odd thing about this is that I don't think that this is a bad movie. No. It just doesn't fit. And there's a reason why. It's literally the only one of these that is not at least even considered a, a Studio Ghibli film. It is just that it is a Hayao Miyazaki film. And it's a Hayao Miyazaki film where he was directing a completely different entity than what he normally does. Everything else he's done has been original uh, or uh, adapted from an original that has not been adapted before. And this is something that he's building off of something that was already a giant hit in Japan. And he's just the next guy to do it. And it felt that way. Yeah, you could tell he he couldn't put his own stamp on things. Like he tried, you know, did like we we would see things that we would, you know, be able to see moving on with Studio Ghibli like a a strong female character or you know, not quite at the center or cuz we couldn't have it be in the center of this film, but you know, a strong female character we didn't have quite our our trope of our our old wise figure, really. Well, no, because he can only build off of what's there. Yes. I mean his his old wise figure trope was probably the caretaker of the uh, of the old castle, like where they were. His group was was stationed. Yeah, and that's even true. that was just a, a quick minute, and like he wasn't there very long. Like it, it was just it's not a it's not a Ghibli film. It's not a Miyazaki film, even though it's a Miyazaki film. So but with that said, like I said, it is not a bad movie. If you like Lupin the Third, it's a, I, and I've watched actually a lot of Lupin the Third because it used to be on Toonami. It, I, I watched, I think, two seasons worth of, of Lupin the Third on Toonami. And this fits in perfectly with the Lupin the Third universe. Is it my kind of my kind of bag? Eh, not really. Uh, but it's it's a solid anime. It's a solid early and like super super early anime. Yes. Yeah. This was 1979. Yeah, and it's a very tropey anime. There's a lot of tropes involved that just don't fit into the world that we are about to build with Miyazaki and Ghibli. Yeah. Uh, so what is your number ten then? So my number ten, I have a feeling we're gonna have uh, our first <laughs> disagreement here is Porco Rosso. <laughs> What is your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Castle in the Sky. Okay, interesting, interesting. So we are not going to get into the movies, we should also lay out, until we have a an agreement. So once we both say Porco Rosso or once we both say Castle in the Sky is when we will discuss those movies. Yep. And, and, so for, a- the, yeah, and for the YouTube version, I'll keep the graphics up. Um on what film we're discussing at the time and what our rankings are thus far. Uh, so uh, with that said, uh, let's hit number nine. What's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is Pompoco. Well, this is our second agreement because my <laughs> number nine is Pompoco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Pompoco, it was, we we both said it, it, it just felt, um, and it's similar to, you know, Castle of Cagliostro, it just felt off. Like, it felt like it wasn't quite, you know, what we'd come to expect from Studio Ghibli. Yeah, it was It was one of those things where the narrator aspects of it took you out of the, the feeling of the movie itself. And the fact that they didn't have a central focal point 
to build off of outside of the uh uh this them trying to live like it they kept bouncing back and forth between this that this that this that that there was never that you couldn't you couldn't draw a connection to a character you couldn't draw a connection to um the the plot points like it it just wasn't quite there yeah and and even like on the technical side like i i enjoyed the fact that we had different uh you know character designs but in that it also that felt made you feel the disconnection even more you know the fact that it's like well we're switching from this more realistic look look when they're around humans to now this more cartoony look and then an ultra cartoony look and i mean it, it's a cultural thing but it did not help that there was a lot of testicles in this yes <laughs> yeah the the amount of balls in this movie um was off-putting at a point at some points yeah <laughs> yes yeah uh so what's your number eight then uh so my number eight is my neighbor totoro that is also my number eight. Oh, interesting i did actually did not expect that to pair up i honestly thought that was gonna be way up higher than for you um well i think it's it's more just the fact like everything else on on this list uh, I just enjoyed more, and since this is so early, you know, you still you're finding your footing on the animation style, the character design style. You know, the ranking it this low, even though I enjoyed the film, is just because I feel like the later movies. Well, in one case, an earlier movie, but um, the other films are just better as a whole like Totoro has its moments but it also has a few little lulls and a few like okay come on let's uh get back to the main part of the story please uh I completely agree with that um Totoro is a cute tale that just felt I don't it hard to connect to at times it 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 just I don't know. I I know that this is one of those that a lot of people that we have talked to, like you and I have personally talked to, have called it one of their favorites of the group. And it, it gets to a point where it's hard to actually like rate your favorites of yes. Studio Ghibli, which we will for sure reach when we get to the end of these. Oh yeah. Uh, but um, but it it gets to it, it's it's hard to put Totoro way up there because it's it feels like an incomplete children's story it feels like one of those those children's stories you hear as a three or four year old that feels so satisfying at that age and then you get older and you go well why did i like that that that's just if uh it, it there's no real story behind it there's no real connection to it yes they they tried to make the story in connection you know there's there's the the loss uh, of a, you know, the, 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 the sibling connection, the, the sick parent, things like that in the story. 
but it doesn't that's not what you remember that's not what what sticks to you it's the fantasticalness of it that sticks to you and the fantastical of it fantasticalness of it feels disjointed from the story enough that it doesn't feel like a complete story yeah i i can see that and yeah it, it's just the fact that it's 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 one of our shorter films as well so we get you know kind of less of it and yeah we do, we just don't dig into the depths i would like to point out though that totoro did not move down my list from my initial rankings because it was initially my number eight Mind you, I'd only seen two other of these movies at number eight, so yes. it's going to move yeah, down later on. Yeah, like to- Totoro, Totoro moved down, but I think in in my case, it's because another movie I realized how much I loved it. Um, so yeah. it moved up was more yeah. the fact that uh, this is the way I like to see it, not in Totoro moving down. And, and the weird way for me to say it is that. Yes, Totoro's my number eight, and I had only seen two other movies on my list of eight. But Totoro did not actually move down my list in the sense of enjoyability, because it was actually... I enjoyed it more watching it this time than I did when I watched it when I was younger, which when I watched it when I was younger, I was in my 20s. Yeah. Uh, So by putting it at number eight does not mean that I disliked the movie. Because I honestly didn't truly dislike any of these movies. And if anything, my movement from not a great movie that I won't rewatch again to movies that I would probably be okay seeing again is is probably this one at number eight. Yeah. Although the ones that I will truly seek out to watch again uh, number is probably at five, I would say. But we'll get yeah, there. I, so I let's can move see on that. to number seven. Yep. Uh, so, so you had Castle in the Sky. Uh, yes. And for me, it was just um, I, I liked the fairy tale aspect. Uh, Castle in the Sky just was a little slower paced. It was their first longer film. It, it wasn't quite as long as Nausicaa, but uh, to me, it just didn't have quite as in-depth of a story. And so that kind of hurt it in some aspects. And like the animation was still beautiful. Uh, it was really interesting seeing, you know, the sky pirates and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Miyazaki's love for uh, all things aerial battle uh, was <laughs> yeah. very was very evident in this film. And yeah, and you had Castle in the Sky at what was the number again? Nine? Uh, yeah, I had it at uh, at my number ten. It was right below Pompoko. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, so I have it up higher than you because um, I feel like this was the start of a lot of tropes that we will see. Yes, Nausicaa was the start of a of a lot. Of, uh, essentially, the true start of the tropes were Nausicaa, but yeah. Castle in the Sky was the tropes in the sense that you're going to see them in Castle in the Sky. Uh, it's it's the sky pirates in the fun. Uh, I don't I don't know the right way to put it. The the I, I guess just the fun way that the sky pirates are in the end of the castle in the sky. Yes. So the sky battles in Castle in the Sky, as you put it, were fun in the way that they're going to move forward with. You you see, you see the sky, uh, the idea of the sky ships early in the, in the two movies before this. But you don't see it in the kind of enjoyable way that he puts it in this movie. 
uh, which is which is really nice. Uh, and then and then the fairy tale aspect is just I don't it, it's just Studio Ghibli to me. It, it's way more Studio Ghibli than Porco Rosso, Pompoco, uh, obviously Castle of Caglia. It's just it's just the the idea of this fantasticalness um, and this this story was just I, it's the first one that really brings you into the world that you you notice and and that was enjoyable maybe in a different way than than yours as a true movie standpoint uh because we're obviously judging these in slightly different fashions yes but in a way of watching it as someone tr- uh someone judging by a true enjoyability standpoint to me this one was was a little bit better than some of those uh than Porco Rosso, than Castle Cagliostro, than Pompoco. And the, the, the fairy tale aspect is really it. It, it really is. Yeah. I, I, I can see where you're coming from. And yeah, we've got to remember, this is also like you say, talking about the fact that it set all these, you know, these, these things in motion. Like this is our first studio Ghibli proper film. Yeah, it is. And and it it really it starts the trope. I mean, and honestly the one that that starts the trope to me kind of uh cements itself uh in your memory. But like like we talked we talked about the sky battles in Castle in the Sky. I think at least from an animation point of view, uh that's where I give the slight edge to Pocoroso uh, because I think the sky battles are more intense and at points, and I think a little better animated in Pocoroso. And I, I mean, I don't disagree with that, uh, that, that it's better animated and more intense in the sky. Uh, but my problem with Pocoroso, and I, I haven't seen it in any of the other Ghibli movies is that it doesn't know what it is. It doesn't know if it's an adult movie or a kid movie. Uh, and that's even ranking it against Pompoco, which I feel like knows it's more of a kid movie than it is an adult movie, even with these Tanuki with balls. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just made it so hard for me to fully, uh, like, I was invested watching it one time. And the second I got through it, I went, I just never need to watch that again like it just i don't there there wasn't enough of really any aspect that i really felt like was uh, it was fine it was i i guess the best way for me to put it and i think i put this on the episode was the movie was fine it just wasn't great and i feel that every other studio ghibli movie in my opinion uh, is great. Maybe like it, it might be on the same plane as Pompoco to me, but like, yeah, Pompoco and this movie are really just teetering the edge of like, I don't, I don't need to watch it again. Yeah. I, I, I can see where you're going with that. Uh, so, so now what's your number six? Uh, so my number six movie is Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. Okay, uh, my number six is only yesterday. Uh, uh, so what's your number uh, five? My number five is only yesterday. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed only yesterday, and I think uh, 
it's it's not the best Takahata film um that we've that we've watched but I think it it was a good it's it's a Takahata film that I will rewatch without bawling my eyes out um because <laughs> you know it's it it was a sweet film like I liked uh, the voice cast, both for the Japanese and the English uh, versions, um, and yeah, it was it was really well done. Like I said, my only my only some problems were like I didn't completely love some of the flashback scenes. Um, like I I actually enjoyed more uh, the you know as I compared it to like the before sunset and before sunrise style conversations that the adult characters would have. Um, and, and I think that's what kind of pushed it over the edge for me. Uh, but then flashing back at those certain points did give a lot of context to uh, what we were talking about. Which is such an interest, interesting dynamic to me because the flashback scenes are what I enjoyed the most out of this movie. Uh, the I, I felt like the the adult scenes were nice and were a great idea of where this character moved on to and what they came from. And like, you don't expect this kind of child to move into this kind of adult. But it was I, I, I don't know I, I I find this movie to be beautiful in a way. Uh, this is like the beginning of the Studio Ghibli movies where I went, I could rank these movies in any order and yeah. it would be fine because because it's just so good. They're, they're just so enjoyable, so wonderful. Um, like this one is is my number five movie because it's heartwarming in a sense of you could see this being someone you know or yourself and seeing the way that that it changes them and and the way that that they they just as the way that you look back on your life and and go and laugh at it as they've done as she did in multiple scenes just laugh at herself as a child and going you can't believe i reacted that way i mean it's just the introspective aspect of it is just very cathartic. I, I, I would say would be the best. Yeah, way. that's a that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. So so then my my number five uh, is Ocean Waves. Uh, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is Whisper of the Heart. That is also my number four. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah. So, tell me about why Whisper of the Hearts your number four. I, it, I, it was just so unexpected, you know. Given that, like, I all I knew going into this movie was, it's like, oh, this is the one Studio Ghibli movie that actually has a proper sequel. I don't know how proper it is. <laughs> um, with the Cat Returns. And so I was th coming in, you know, expecting this fantastical tale, you know, with this cat that either was going to be like a Peter Pan type figure or something. And I was like, okay. And 
I get this story about accepting who you are and what you want to do with your life and figuring out your place in all of this. And it's like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that at all. And I and I loved it. I, I don't disagree with this. This is uh, I I used to look at the images that were sh- that were shown to me on online and where, wherever it would be that I would see Whisper of the Heart and go, oh, that's that's a thing about a woman and a cat living their life in an adventure sense. Yeah. And to me and people that know me know I it's not that I don't love cats. It's that I can't love cats. So <laughs> honestly, that kept me away from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I I uh I don't seek out movies that that cats are a a um central point of. Um and uh that has to do with the fact that I am deathly allergic to them. Yes. Uh this was not that type of movie. This not was at not all. A, yeah. This was not a young girl and her cat just living their life carefree. Uh, this was a uh, slice of life about a, a very enjoyable slice of life about a young woman who uh, enjoys reading, uh, a young boy who uh, wants to be a violin maker, uh, and they're essentially their their meeting of each other and realizing that they're good for each other. Although in the high school sense of, I don't know if this is going to last because they fell in love way too fast. But that's just adult. That's just old Shane going ah there's stuff like that never happens as I have multiple friends that married their high school sweethearts and they're still very happy together now love you guys <laughs> um, but but uh but it, it is it is a much sweeter movie than I anticipated even with the title whisper of the heart yeah. uh uh it's the there's a lot of animes that you see that have very sweet titles that are not necessarily as sweet as the title shows. So, yes. so to me that I, I didn't think, honestly, I just, I just never thought that this would be my kind of skis. Like this wouldn't be my, 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 uh, my thing until I watched it and realized, Oh, Oh baby. Oh, this is a wonderful story about a writer and her and and the way that she's going to survive. Yeah. Uh so uh so without we we agreed on that for our for our number 4s. What's your number 3? My number 3 is Ocean Waves. All right. My yeah, uh let's yeah, let's talk about that before we get to mine. Um so Yeah, let's lay it down. Uh Ocean Waves just a really well-told story. And like I wasn't expecting it, like you know, we're we're also at the age of like we we talked about the fact that you know for some of these like a lot of our our criticism for you know Porco Rosso and and Palm Poco in some ways was the fact that we we weren't sure what age group they were they were going for, and this definitely is that you know, just out of high school, you know, figuring out, you know, kind of where you screwed up with your relationships, (laughs) uh, what relationships you take value in, what uh, ones you shouldn't and, and, and move forward and just see, you know, it's, it's again, a more slice of life. 
um, you know, it, it had as people point out online, it's like, did they almost have an LGBTQ relationship in this film and just didn't tell anybody, <laughs> you know, cause like you almost have that closeness as of like, maybe these two guys were more than friends, Yeah, you know, aspect, but then you also see that it's like, no, he's our main character is madly in love with this girl. Um, and you know emphasis on the madly because she he does drive her crazy at some points but you know it 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 just was a well done film and yeah i was i wasn't expecting it i knew i knew nothing about this movie when when i went into it and it's just you know it was so well done yeah i completely agree um this movie reminded me of my young life <laughs> um, honestly the the protagonist in this film uh through his high school life uh essentially was me which is why it's so enjoyable to me yeah. to look back at that and be like oh yep i've did that <laughs> like uh i laughed at points that are probably not laughed at by other people and i was upset at points that probably were not upsettable for other people yeah, just because like, you, just... you related to it and, yeah, it, it triggered something from your own life. And, yeah, I, I can see that. Exactly, yeah. So that that's why this this is up at number three. Like, honestly, as as a true film, like, it's probably a little bit lower. Like, e- even in, in uh, uh, of most people that, that would grade Studio Ghibli films, like, this, is, this was a TV movie. Like, this is yeah. not, like a true studio Ghibli. So it shouldn't be as far up, but to me, it just resonated. Like it was just, it was just so much in how I lived uh, in the nineties as a, as a kid of the nineties and kid of the early two thousands that, that it was just, I don't know. it, It felt good to watch someone else go through things that I have gone through. Yeah, I, I, I can see that uh, very much. Um, yeah, it's just it was it was a, such a nice, pleasant surprise of a film that yeah. it, it was just great to see. Uh, not a pleasant surprise. Well, just a surprise that I knew was coming. Uh, my number three was Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. OK, yeah. Uh, which was my number six. Which was your number six. And, you know, part of why it's it's so far up there for me is just it really strikes that that fantastical nature, but also having, you know, these stakes. And it's like you you are rooting for for our protagonist of like, you know, you want Nausicaa, you know, to be able to survive through this film and and come out triumphant on the other side because she is labeled and, and was a good person, you know, and, and you want good to triumph over, you know, these other, you know, kind of dastardly, you know, taking advantage of the environment kind of, uh, you know, antagonists, you know, that are just there for, for war. 
I comp I don't disagree with anything you've said about Nausicaa. Nausicaa's only my number six because it was too much to have in one movie. I said this while anyone that's listened to our podcast uh, for the Nausicaa episode knows that I felt like this was a fantastic story that was truncated to the point that they it was uh, it was bad for the movie that it was so. So it was put into a box that it didn't deserve to live in. This should have been a series. Like this, sh this should have been like Miyazaki uh, should have made this into a, a twenty-four episode or twelve episode or or something kind of series that, that they were able to build and and create these relationships and and this this sense of urgency that belonged there that just wasn't there good enough for how much was going on. I loved this movie. I absolutely loved this movie. It just wasn't what it should have been because it was just one small movie. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. That, that completely makes sense to me. Um, and, and I really think that, uh, to me, the, the good outweighed the bad. Like I, I saw those same criticisms, but then it was like, oh, the pacing was so good kind of because it was so truncated and, and like this is, you know, kind of, you know, of, of our aerial battles and stuff like that. This is the peak, you know, they, they kind of peaked, they peaked early, um, but then you get, you know, the, the, the the God mover or creature that, you know, was animated by Hideki Anno and, yep. you know, just all these, these gorgeously animated sequences, you know, I, I don't disagree that the good outweighed the bad. I will, yeah. I will say that that is true. I mean, it, because with me, when it comes to these top six to seven movies, uh, it's it's not so much that one is like so much better than the other. It's that this beats this beats this uh, to the other one. And and Nausicaa, if it was if it was a series, oh my god, this would be this would be up there. I have a I have a tattoo of of uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood the series on my arm. This would be up there with that series. This would be yeah. up there with My Hero Academia. This would be up there with Trigun. This would be up there with all those series that are just so so good, so amazing to watch and enjoy and watch over a twenty four episode or or fifty six episode or however however many long it needs to be to really build your story, but they they truncated it they made it such a small bit of what it needed to be that you didn't develop the relationships that you needed to enjoy it as much as you should yeah. in my opinion uh yeah and and when we go back like with with like we said with our initial rankings you know to me it wasn't the fact that my neighbor totoro fell down my list it was more the fact that uh, of the bits and pieces I remembered of Nausicaa, I ranked it pretty low because I just didn't remember it from the, the first time that I watched it. And now watching it this time around, it's like, wow, this was amazing. Like, you know, this is yeah one of my top three like Studio Ghibli films right now of, of this first half. So, 
what is your uh, number two, Shane? Uh, I, I have a feeling that we're going to be back and forth on our number two and number one. Yep, so do uh, I. Which would be interesting. So my number two is Grave of the Firefly. Okay. Uh, my number two is Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> so I've got, have we flipped them? Yes, we did. Yep. And my figured. number one is Kiki. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about Kiki's first. Um, let's let's end on a positive note. Let's talk about okay. Grave first. <laughs> Sounds um, good. Because mostly, I, I if you've seen Grave, I agree of the, with you. Yeah, if you've seen Grave of the Fireflies, you you know now what to expect. It's a beautifully animated movie. It's completely heart wrenching. Uh, the story it, is, you know, you're going to be sobbing the entire time. You might it's sob. It's the best pure movie of the Studio Ghibli yeah. verse. It is the best pure movie of anything that they've that we've talked about. It it is a hundred percent that. It's just really hard to watch. It's a beautiful, beautiful story, but oh my god, it's heart wrenching and it's and I I love I honestly I love to watch something and be sad. I I do. I don't I don't show a lot of emotion in my everyday. People that know me know that. Uh, although I've I've gotten a little bit more so of late. Uh, but uh, but I I don't show emotion a lot. And when I watch a movie that that truly like brings emotion out of me, it just it makes me feel good. Like in a in a I I understand this is a bad movie. This, you should not feel good in this in this way. You don't feel good about this movie. You just feel good about the fact that they made such a beautiful thing that it drives that out of you. And when something is so wonderful and beautiful that they drive that kind of emotion out of you, God, it feels good to get out. Like it is, it's just so, oh, I, I, I don't, I don't know a, a good way to explain it. It just feels so wonderful, but man, it is such a sad movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 such a sad movie. Yeah, the fact that um if you if you're just ch- coming in for this episode, uh go back and listen to our our Grave of the Fireflies episode uh with with Joey. Uh Yeah. <laughs> still Joey feel- and Max were involved yeah, in that. Yeah, Joey and, and Max they- and I'm glad they were involved in it cuz it it brought a a great discussion about um and uh, it, it brought a good discussion about sadness in movies of like of like the the idea of just making something sad for sad sake or like something being sad because the what happened was sad and this is a movie where what happened is sad like this is something that happened to people like this is like it it was it's much more emotional i'm sh- i'm certain to people that lived in Japan in the eighties that saw this because they lived through the forties. They lived through their entire world being destroyed in this way. We didn't live through that. No. And, and like the idea that it's, it's so sued on and there, there's an animated movie. So for not even 40 years or just about 40 years after the fact of this happening, of them like creating this heart wrenching feeling of man, 
I'm almost second guessing my rankings at this point of just talking about it. <laughs> but uh, but like your your ranking though, as as we said, was about movies that you enjoyed watching, and I don't think on this list thus far there's a more enjoyable Studio Ghibli movie than Kiki's Delivery Service. Like that's it, true. It is so like almost you know almost to a an extent of like too overly positive at points and it's like you just see kiki and she's just ready to like face the world yes she has her hardships you know she loses her powers at one point and has to gain them back but but also like pushing through those hardships oops and moving forward you know, even though it's like, oh, I don't have, you know, the things that I had once before, but I'm still going to make this work, you know, what is a great story to tell. Um, and then, yeah, the fact that she's barely able to fly like at the end, but still like wants to push forward and help her friend is great. Like, it's a great story to tell. And it's got so many fun moments. Um, we get... Uh, the madam so we get our our trope of our of our older wiser character Um, we get the the awful bratty other kind of the opposite end of kiki um in adriana or whatever her name was like that she (laughs) delivers hers to that's it's like oh my grandma got me that like halliburton or or i didn't I told her I didn't even want something like this. Yeah. yeah. Just slightly spoiled and like, whereas Kiki seems so grateful for everything. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, su- such a well-made film and just so heartfelt. And I said this while uh, in the episode, it's if you have a young daughter, this is a great movie for a, for a young girl. Like it, it's got enough fantasticalism that that you're just that they're gonna be interested in, but it also just shows that that as a young girl you can you can power through, you can do the things that you need to do. Like this is what I love about this movie encapsulates what I love about Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki movies, and that's they empower young women in a way that a lot of movies, especially when I was younger. And and even now, don't do. Yeah, like it's not. They don't. It, it is not a a big enough trope to show young women in a powerful role. I mean, look look at the fact. This is this is probably not a great example, but look at the look at superhero movies now. Yeah, you have Wonder Woman. You have just recently black widow and just recently captain marvel and that's it yeah that's it like you had you had that catwoman movie but you know that you know wasn't pushed I mean, as anything important yeah and it wasn't really the the super uh it wasn't the 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 comic book catwoman which would yeah is to to me and to you as people that are comic book fans sounds like a uh, a failure of of the of Hollywood but to Hollywood they felt like that you know they couldn't turn that into a a movie which is to us obviously a failure of Hollywood because yeah. they can um so 
like this is this is to me of all like that it is it is a trope of studio ghibli to have a strong female character and it's a wonderful trope and i'm so happy for it but of the what movies we watched so far this is the most pure and and beautiful of the of the young uh uh female trope of the of the of the strong uh, uh, young girl characters that like created their own thing that like it's obviously a, a world where they're forced out to go on their own and start their own thing but that's it's a, it's a nice push uh, in this in this world to, to make her do this thing and and I hope that a lot of young women and young girls will watch this and see like yeah, I can be like Kiki. I can do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like it just it's just so 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 good and I'm so excited because and and this is to to build on to what we're going to watch future. Um Kiki was one that was not on my top 8. Yeah. Like it's my number 1 now. It's, it wasn't on my top 8. I haven't watched this one before. Um I knew about it. I hadn't watched it before. And there are some in my top eight that I had watched before that I know have strong female characters. Uh, we're very quickly got to get into Princess Mononoke. Yeah, I was like, uh, it's our next. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, kind of like our next episode. Uh, you know, uh, but it's it's almost the polar opposite of Princess Mononoke uh, uh, when it comes to pushing a strong female character. But still, yeah. With that said. This is what I love about Studio Ghibli and, and and Miyazaki is the way that they push the strong female characters and they push young young women and young girls to know that they're strong like in a world that everything was about young boys and these young superheroes and things like that, that they push this. Yeah. This is the late eighties or in the early nineties for these movies, and they push these strong female characters. It's just it's so beautiful and so wonderful. And I'm so excited to keep going with this, with this uh, yep. podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm excited. And yeah, as, as we, as we talked, uh, t- um, yeah, literally our next episode um, is, is princess Mononoke. And I'm very excited to watch that film again. Um, and especially now seeing, where where studio ghibli you know has come from and like it's it's yeah it's it's one of the you know we I, we kept joking about the fact like there's there's three big movies that we're going to cover that we knew that we had to we, that we have to cover and put a lot of detail on because especially for people our age like this was the the peak of studio ghibli a um and that was Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, and Howl's Moving Castle. Like, yep. you know, everyone in our generation has has told us about how good these movies are. And yeah, like you'd seen all three. I hadn't. Um, I still haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle. Actually, Howl's is literally I'm the so excited. The, insp- so excited. the, ins- the inspiration for this <laughs> podcast because I was like, well... 
if I want to, if I'm going to watch Howl's Moving Castle, I kind of want to watch a bunch of the other ones. And it's like, hey, how about I force myself to watch all of these and do a podcast about it so that I keep myself well, accountable? I would love to, to build off of that because uh, I bought Howl's Moving Castle on Blu-ray to force you to watch it. And then like maybe a week after that happened, we saw that they showed up on HBO max and we went, all right. So then Kyle was like, so I think that we should do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, went, and I am not upset with that decision. <laughs> no. Yeah. And it, like, and it's, and it's bothered some people of like, you've seen all of these, but you haven't seen Hal's moving castle. Well, yet I'm like, yeah, I know, but I've got to watch it in order now. That's the problem. That's the problem that I've. The only problem with this podcast is now I need to watch everything in order so I can't skip around. Uh, but I'm I'm am, excited about it. Yeah, I am truly excited. Uh, I the first time I saw Princess Mononoke, so it came out in the U.S. I want to say in the year 2000. Okay. It's somewhere around that time. Uh, I didn't see it until my freshman year of high school, and that is literally the only time I've seen it. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned that in the first time we we uh, we talked about these rankings. Um, so I'm very very excited to watch it again. It was number three of my rankings altogether uh, in the first place, and uh, it it's leading into a, a period where we're gonna watch that. Uh, a couple episodes of that, we're going to watch Spirited Away. And a couple of episodes after that, we're going to watch Howl's Movie Castle. Like, they're, yeah. they're all in a row. And they're all my favorite Miyazaki movies and Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah, we and... yeah we have, yeah, Princess Mononoke, then My Neighbors, the Yamadas, Spirited Away, The Cat Returns, then Howl's Moving Castle. So, yeah, we have we have an episode between each of them. Um, but I'm I'm really excited about um, every everything moving forward, and I'm I'm even excited. Like the the interesting thing, like going in forward with with this is like I'm even excited now because of that surprise of of films like Whisper of the Heart. Like I'm even excited about the stuff that I haven't heard that much about. Of like I'm excited to kind of return to that world in The Cat Returns. You know, oh, for sure. Um, and with that said, I'm also kind of scared for my neighbor Yamadas because of Pompoko. Yeah. Uh, but it also kind of builds to the point where it it could outweigh my expectations because yeah. I'm expecting so little from it. And and the kind of interesting thing that we're going to do moving forward for these at least these next three big movies is that uh, and if. You, those of you listening to this now, uh, a lot of you will know that we we've reached out and we're looking for people that have opinions on on these movies uh, and how they affected you because there's so many of you that have actually reached out yeah. to kind of come on like we did in the previous movies that that uh, like we did with only yesterday and Ocean Waves um, uh, t- that we're gonna bring other people on uh, Graves of the Fireflies. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're doing the same kind of thing, but we're gonna bring in opinions. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're yeah. What we're doing. Um, so if you are uh, always feel free to message uh, myself or the the Knocked Out Entertainment uh, page. Um, but if you're just friends with Shane, uh, feel free to message him and 
you know, you can even just send like a voice memo of like just a few like little thoughts and opinions, uh, send it to him and I'll, I'll try my best to get it into the episode. Um, cause I'll be gathering those little opinions, um, over the next couple of weeks before we record. Uh, so and if there's one thing I love more than anything else, it's giving Kyle more work to do. Yes. So yeah. Please. As if I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As if I didn't have enough other stuff to do, I decided it's like, Hey, let's make this episode really hard to edit and put together. But I think I'm actually looking forward to it. Cause I, like we, we, we said multiple times of like, all right, which of our friends are we going to tick off more by leaving them out of the, you know, Howl's Moving Castle episode or the Spirited Away episode or Princess Mononoke episode? And it's yeah. like, well, this way we don't have to leave them out. Yeah, exactly. They, if if we leave uh, them out, it's because they didn't reach out to us and didn't send anything in. So it's their fault. Of all these of all these movies, those are the ones that, that we've ha- had the most uh, reaction to. Yes. Uh, which rightfully so. Like, a- as someone who has seen all three of them, <laughs> rightfully yeah. so. Uh, and it is possible that one of those movies or more of those movies, we will have a guess and we'll yeah. get you'll obviously hear it as it comes out. Uh, but uh, but it'll be exciting to actually talk about that and uh, see uh, in the end where they rank on this full list since we are halfway through this list. Eleven movies in. Yeah, I'm I'm excited and yeah, Shane, do uh, do your plugs uh, for your other stuff because uh, I think this will be the first time you get to plug one of the one of the projects you're working on. That is that is true. So uh, so the first episode of the Five Star Movie Podcast came out last week. Uh, so go check that out. That's me, myself and Gabe, uh, who you might hear on a future episode of this. Uh, and then next week you'll hear the uh, third episode of uh, the anime Niacs, uh, where we're talking about uh, My Hero Academia currently. Yep. So yeah, you're you're all busy with with that. Um, obviously, uh, if you know all my stuff, I'm busy with you know the weekly vlog. So again, make sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel and. Follow me at Knocked Out Entertain- Knocked Out Films on Instagram and Twitter and all social media stuff. And then uh, remember, next time we are going to be discussing Princess Mononoke. I'm su- I'm really excited for this episode. So I can't wait. Be good to each other. <laughs>